0: I'm going to be talking in a few moments from Luke chapter 9 if you want to find there. Let me ask you a question. Are you the sort of personality where you dream first and really get into the dream and then later on you catch up with yourself and wonder how much it costs? Or are you the sort of person that as soon as an idea comes, you go, hmm, how much will that cost? I wonder... You know, because um, I've done a few things on church buildings and so over my time, did you ever watch those DIY programs where, where somebody's house is being renovated or, you know, uh, remodeled and they get an army of volunteers to come, and when they come at the end, it's really nice, isn't it, when the people start crying and like, go, oh, you've changed my house. I start crying because I think, wow, that is cost a fortune, you know, they, they, it really is, because numbers are really important, aren't they? They, You know, by the time uh, you make important decisions, you can't make a good decision until the numbers are really clear. And we need to sometimes know the bottom line. We, you know, on this Mother's Day, um, we, you know, your, your n- necklace today, uh, mothers, it's not going to turn green, you know, after you uh, have worn it a few uh, weeks or so. You know, it's, it's the real deal. You know, we've costed it out, and it's, it's going to last. You know, and, uh, you know. Well, once I had this idea at uh, one of the churches I was at, I was in India on a missions trip. And as you know, India has brilliant uh, materials and silk. And I thought, wouldn't it be great to take all of the ladies in our church a Indian scarf back, you know, uh, you know, I'd got Kathy some silk, you know, you know, and she multiplied it into a dress, and, you know, an amazing uh, seamstress that she is, and, um, you know, women can multiply things, can't they? Have you noticed that? Uh, I'll come back to that, but, you know, anyway, we, I um, said, so I got all wrapped up with this idea, of taking everybody, a scarf, India, bet no other church has done that, you know. And then I worked how much the cost was. And the shipping. And so that year we all had daffodils for Mother's Day. (laughs) It just didn't work out. And so it was a nice idea, but it just wouldn't work. Would you be all right today if God was to multiply things in your life today? Would you be okay with that? I'm not talking addition. I'm talking, would you be okay if God multiplied blessings into your life today? Yeah, Yeah, that's some of you, because some of you are a little bit, what's the catch? (laughs) Would you be all right today if God said, I want to multiply into your life? Turn with me to Luke chapter 9. And we're going to read just a few verses of Jesus' most orderly miracle. Luke chapter 9 verse 12 reads like this. Late in the afternoon the twelve came to him and said, send the crowd away so that they can go to the surrounding villages and countryside and find food and lodging because we're in a remote place here. we don't want to deal with this problem, Lord. <laughs> and Jesus replied, you give them something to eat. They answered, we've only five loaves of bread and two fish. Well, I brought five loaves, but we had a service this morning, so one of them's gone, and I didn't think the two fish was a good idea, <laughs> just for illustration purposes, okay? We've only got five loaves and two Fish, And we know that that came from a little boy's lunch. Unless we buy food for all this crowd, about 5,000 men were there. But he said to his disciples, have them sit down in groups of 50 each. And the disciples did so. Can you imagine how long that took? I mean, it takes our stewards quite a while to get you seated, doesn't it? You know, 5,000 people, can you sit over there? No, that's 30. Can that 20 move over? Can you do that? Can you imagine doing this? It was quite an organizational task, wasn't it? So the disciples sat everyone down, taking the five loaves and the two fish, looking up into heaven. One of my friends always says, Jesus looked away from the problem and looked up to heaven before he dealt with the problem. It's a good way of doing that, isn't it? So look to heaven first before you deal with the problem. Anyway, taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven. He gave thanks and broke them. So you're following what's going on. At the moment in this story, where's the bread? Who's got the bread? Come on, it's not a trick question. He gave thanks and he broke them. Okay? Right, So he's saying, thank you, Father, and he's broken it, right? So we're with the story, okay? You're following along. We're not reading anything into it. Then he gave them to his disciples to distribute to the people. Who's got the bread now? Are you with me, everybody? So he's blessed it, he's broke it, and he's given it to them. Now I reckon there's, you know, five loaves, so you break that into two, so that's ten disciples have half a loaf each, and then there's two fish. We don't want to break that, so we just give that to two other disciples, so the twelve have got that. That's kind of how I think about it, and he's, somebody's going to say, hey, I'm sure he broke the fish, okay, sure he did. They all ate and were satisfied, and the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls. How many disciples are there? How many baskets are there over? Okay. So every disciple gets a basket. It's good how God looks after people who serve him, isn't it? They all ate and were satisfied, and the disciples picked up 12 baskets of broken pieces that were left over. I love leftovers. I just want to notice the numbers here. There are 5,000 men. Matthew chapter 14, verse 21, confirms this when it says, "...by this there were 5,000 men beside the women and children." This was probably the largest crowd that Jesus spoke to or interacted with. It was very organized miracle getting getting us all seated is hard enough here, but imagine that the, the whole getting into 50s. Just just want to place yourself in this story just for a moment. Uh, you know, and the, this whole multiplication uh, of bread—that's uh, what I like about mothers. They're they're kind of multipliers, aren't they? Don't don't you think? You know, um, you know, you give you give a a mom a meal, and it's multiplied or ingredients, and it's multiplied into a meal. You give a mom a house, and it's you know it's multiplied, transformed into a home, isn't it? You know. Uh, we're adults here aren't we you give a mum a sperm and it's multiplied into a baby you know um, uh, you know with my mother I'd give her some attitude it'd be multiplied into a beating you know (laughs) you know my mother went from the old Jamaican proverb uh, those who can't listen must feel you heard that one you heard that You've all lived that, some of you, haven't you, you know? You know, you, you, you know, women are multipliers, aren't they? I mean, men, if you give women a frustration, you're going to get multiplied by <laughs> This story is about multiplication. I want you to imagine and be in there. It's late in the day. They've come and they said, Send the crowd away. He says, You feed them. They've only got a small amount of food. I, I tell you what, come on, we, we need to do. Pastor Eddie, come on up here. Pastor Claudette, come on up here. Come on. Um, oh, I don't know. Uh, Evelyn, come on up here. You know, come on, you're, you're all right. You're all right. You know, you're a, you're a big disciple. Um, okay, should we just use three? Corinne, come on up here. Scott, uh, yeah, yeah, let's do that. So, okay, you were following me earlier on with me. So, there was a boy. Here's a boy with twelve, 12 loaves, uh, to, with two fish and five loaves. Okay, so the boy's calm, and you know, can can you imagine? We know that we know that it's that it's um, we know that it's uh, uh, true that it was from the boy from uh, John chapter six verse nine. You know, there's a boy, and uh, just, just come on up, come on up. You know, can, you know, and uh, can you imagine his parents that day? You know, whoever made the field, whether it was dad, you know, who packed his lunch, and, you know, just as he's leaving, he said, he said don't forget to share. <laughs> Could you imagine? When he comes home, he said, whew, you'll never believe who I shared with today. <laughs> but I want you to see this, okay? We, we haven't got 12 disciples. Can I be Jesus in this door, Eddie? Can I be Jesus? Okay. I know it's a stretch. I know it's a hard look, But, okay, so Jesus... This is what happens. I've just shown you, but he says, Father, bless this. He breaks it. So each disciple gets some. Okay? I know it's messy. So each disciple gets some. Right, okay. All right, don't, don't, don't seem so grateful. It's only a loaf, you know. It's only, okay. Now, it's not like giving out communion. You know, when you just get a little bit and you have a little bit. This is for lunch. So, I mean, look at Cabby on the front row. How much do you think he wants for his lunch? He doesn't want you to go like that. You know, he doesn't want that for lunch. Uh, Lily, she don't want, like, just a little bit for lunch. You want lunch, don't you? So everybody's getting lunch. Go give them a portion that, that... that is lunch-worthy, you know. Because, so where's Jesus? He's not giving out the food. All right, don't have a party. Some of you are saying, well, that's not enough. Actually, that actually happened. Can you imagine... As Jesus gives out this food, there are some people that say, can I have some more? Because actually the Bible says everyone was satisfied, that everyone had enough. So, I want you to notice what happens. I'm going to labor this point. Jesus takes the bread and blesses it. We often preach this story as if Jesus blessed it and then he gives it out. That's not what happened. Who gave the bread out? (laughs) So, Peter's going along saying, don't take too much, don't take too much, don't take too much. And he gives some out and it multiplies. And he's going, ooh. And then he gives some more out, and he gives some more out, and the miracle is in their hands. Do you get it? The miracle happens in their hands. We've preached this wrong wrong for years. He gives it to the disciples to distribute to the people. It's a miracle of multiplication. Of course, in the Old Testament, there was a very similar miracle, although on a much smaller scale. Elisha, in 2 Kings, also gives out loaves of the first fruits of barley bread out to a hundred men. You can read that in, in 2 Kings chapter 4, verses 42 through 44. And what you can learn from that story and comparing it with this is Jesus is the new Elisha. He's the new prophet. Notice it. You can notice in the Elisha story that it's the first fruits of what is given. Notice, though, that when you give something out in service, everybody's fed. How many baskets were there? How many disciples are there? Everybody gets fed. I want to teach you today just two principles of multiplication. Here's the first one. Principle one. It must be given into the hands of Jesus to be blessed before it can be multiplied. Jesus takes it first and blesses it. It's a principle with all of your life The blessing of Jesus is the thing that makes the difference. What would have happened if they'd have tried to distribute it without the blessing of Jesus and without bringing it to Jesus? Jesus said, you feed them, and they obviously go away, and they find this little boy, and he, you know, shares it. And they are saying, you know, uh, okay, he's told us that we've got to feed them, and they just get on with it. And what they, do, what they would do wrong in that case is just get on with it instead of bringing it back to Jesus and asking for his blessing before anything else. If you want to have multiplication, it must be given into the hands of Jesus first. We need Jesus' blessing on our families. We must place them in His hands. We need Jesus' blessing on our children. We must place them in His hands. We need Jesus' blessing on our workplace. We must place it in our hands. We need Jesus' blessing on our talents. We must place them in His hands first. We need Jesus' blessing on our money. We must place it in His hands first so that He can bless it You know, I'm going to speak on this next week, so please come next week, but I'm going to teach you about how the tithe places your whole money into the hands of Jesus. It blesses the rest. So don't split your tithe and say, I'm sending the bits there. It's not yours to split. Bring it, and then he can use it. But here's the principle. If you want God to multiply in your life his blessings and favor, first of all, bring everything you've got and place it into the hands of Jesus. First of all, he blesses it. Then he may break it. You see, when you break something, you surrender it. You say, this is how we're going to use it. You brought it this way. I'm breaking it so it can be used this way. I wonder if we always bring things to Jesus and say, this is how you've got to use it, Jesus. Jesus. He may need to separate some things so it can be used. See, if you place it in his hands, he's going to decide how it's used. Principle two. First principle is, must be given into the hands of Jesus to be blessed before it can be multiplied. Number two. It has to be given away before it can multiply. What if the disciples had eaten the food for themselves and said well you know what we've we've got we've got some food five loaves two fish 12 of us break everyone in half you can have a little bit of fish let's look after ourselves first and then jesus will have a plan for the rest doesn't work like that how would this miracle have happened if they'd have kept this food to themselves. Here's the principle. You've got to become a giver so God can become a multiplier to you. You've got to become a giver to others so God can become a multiplier to you. Now, we're not talking about give to get and all of that uh, false teaching that's around, but what you have to see is they... Gave it into the hands of Jesus. He broke it and blessed it. He put it in their hands. They are having a miracle. But how many baskets were left over? Come on, everybody. How many baskets? Balcony. How many baskets? Twelve. How many disciples? How many commandments are there? Uh, I was trying to catch you out. I'm trying to catch you out. (laughs) they gave themselves to giving and serving they were looked after you see if you will get into the principle of live a life of giving God will become a multiplier to you and things will happen that are incredible. We talked about order here, didn't we? And it wasn't just madness, than them, them throwing the food out into the crowd. I mean, how, how would that be? You know, if I just started thinking, you know, this is how we're going to do it. it. It's just, it's chaos, isn't it? This is the most orderly miracle in the Bible. They sat down and everybody was satisfied. This is not an orgy of gluttony. This is a miracle of provision with dignity and order. And I want to say to you today that God's provision is one of dignity and order. That he isn't going to just uh, make it chaotic in your life. God, God cannot bless and multiply with what is not in order. And what is not treated with care and good stewardship. If you're in chaos, then it's difficult for God to bless you because he's looking for people he can trust. He's looking for people who can hold his blessings and share his blessings. You cannot know the joy of giving if you will not bring your finances into order. There are some important things that perhaps you need to know in order to bring your finances into order. The first thing is this. If you're going to bring your finances into order, get out of debt. Now, I'm not talking about your mortgage. That's an appreciating asset. And there might be some long-term things you're paying off that was your education and things like that. But all other debt eliminate it as best you can and as fast you can. You know, pay off your small loan first and then roll it over into the next one and roll it over into the next one and have a little celebration as you as you go along. And I, I can teach you more on that. But, you know... I, I want to say that debt is one of the hardest things that any of us deal with. In my younger life, I, I've you know. Can I just confess something to you? Kathy and I have had a car repossessed because we couldn't make the payments. It a while ago. In fact, does anybody remember the Thunderbirds? Yes. Does anybody remember those? Yes. You know, not the modern digitized one, the real one. You know, that's puppets and you know all of that. You know, does anybody remember Lady Penelope? You know, I used to think, oh, Kathy's my Lady Penelope. And in that show, now, some of you don't know what I'm talking about. In this show, they had a pink Rolls-Royce. So I bought Kathy a pink car. And I mean pink. Like it was pink, pink. You know, it looked like, I mean, it was like me. She was Barbie. I was Ken. It was like, you know, it's incredible. And we bought that car. It was called a Hillman Hunter. And... um, I'll show you pictures of it. I might even bring it in the next few weeks. But we just couldn't make the payments. We were planting a church in Glasgow. You know, we just it was just too much for us. Let me tell you, that company came to us in Glasgow and they wanted us to keep that car. Now we had done our budget and we said we just can't afford it. We just need to be humble and say we we didn't do this right, our circumstances changed, we just need to give it back get out of debt, they were arguing, no, please keep the car, please keep the car. They wanted me to stay in debt. (laughs) They're going to be people who you think they're doing you a favor. They're not doing you a favor. Get out of debt. Don't stay there. Cut your losses. Move on. Get out of it. Can you hear an amen? Amen. You You know, I've got miracle stories about cars. People have given me cars. We had a, uh, there was another car called, called an Avenger that was given to us. Do you remember those? Uh, Hillman Avenger or whatever it's called. Uh, isn't it nice, my cars? One was called a Hunter. The other's called an Avenger. I'd like a car called a Comforter soon, you know. It's a bit aggressive, isn't it? Me, we, Kathy and I, we've given cars away. We, uh, for a season in our life, we, we, gave, lots of, we gave cars away to help other people. We've got all of those stories, but it's really important you get out of debt. And we can help you with that, to walk you through that. The second thing about bringing your finances into order, and on this Mother's Day, Mother's Day you'll, you'll understand this, that you, you're going to have to sit down with some of your children and talk about this. Be normal and relaxed about money. Don't look into quick get quick, get-rich-quick schemes. Or manipulating, you know, money out of people or anything like. You know what manipulation is? Witchcraft. You do know that, don't you? In order to try and get more money, understand who your provider is. Your heavenly Father is your provider. Amen. So save and earn. Don't just pray and hope. Now I've got those miracle stories. But and we we have we've Kathy and I we opened our front door one day and there was a huge pile of groceries all around in front of our house and we didn't know who did it you know we were completely out of money and and you know we just we never knew who brought us those groceries we got those stories we once had a, a a Nissan car now Nissan's a good make you know I'm just covering myself legally here but. You know, as we were driving home from one mission trip one time, our gearbox went out. And there was something about the way this gearbox went out that it was connected to something in the chassis. I don't really understand it. But yet the bill was £10,000. And me and Kathy started, we didn't have that money. We started praying about it. And, you know, we we said to the dealer, how can this be? And he said, well, it's just really intricate. We've got to strip the whole car. It's £10,000 of labour charges. We went back, we prayed about it for a week, and the bill had gone down to 3,000 pounds. It's amazing. And uh, so we said, well, we're doing better, and, you know, but we still haven't got 3,000 pounds. So they fixed the car, and we went to see the, the man, in the. and we said, you know, we only bought the car a few, like it was, you know, just over a year and a half ago. What's the problem with this? And, uh, you know, he said, you know what? I think this might bring reputational damage to Nissan, I'm just going to charge you two. I've got the figures down here. I'm going to charge you £278 if you walk away. So I've got those stories. I know that God provides. But don't live and make money weird that you think, well, that's the only way I'm going to live. No, you've got to earn, save, and budget. Don't be weird about money. Be normal and relaxed about your money. If you uh, then pray and hope, God God will do those things anyway. The third thing, if you want to bring your money into order, give. Be somebody who regularly gives. Somebody who says, well, I just believe tithing is a returning to God. It's not my money anyway. In fact, you need this revelation. All of your money is God's. I've heard it taught in churches for a long time. God, you get the 90 and God keeps the 10. How great we are. All of it's God's. Oh, one amen. All of it's God's. Amen? Amen? You've got to put all of it in His hands if you want it to be blessed. Now, the tithe will get it into His hands quicker. You know, you as a church, you have been giving. Do you you know that this week that we gave away 115 bags of food to needy families? Each item has 18 things in it. Now, according to my calculations, that's 2,070. I'm not good at maths. I looked it up before. I probably did it on my calculator. But it's around 2,070 items of food. Now, the the mathematicians are on the same. I check in my maths. Listen to the principal, please. 115 bags of food with 18 items in it you gave that away this week as a church and 40 to 50 families have been fed because of your giving isn't that amazing not only that not only that, you have invited, through the ministry of Pastor Eddie, 40 people to come to our community table. A community table is a meal for more vulnerable people in our community who've been using our food bank, and we want to sit with them and chat with them and minister to them and pray with them, and they're going to come. When is that, Eddie? It's a week on Thursday. Yeah, this Thursday, this Thursday, we've got 40 people coming to have a meal with us to look after them. That's because of your giving. Amen? Oh, you don't seem really impressed by that. Okay, let me carry on. I was standing in, I was standing in Romania last week. No, no, you've missed the moment now. You've missed the moment. I was standing in Romania last week, and there was a, a lady who is teaching, and you know, it broke my heart. It's like... Uh, over a hundred Ukrainian ladies who've been displaced from their, um, from their country. And she said, Pastor Mark, I'm teaching them, but I haven't, got, I haven't really got the right tools. I haven't got an iPad because what I need to do is Romanian language is different. I need to write down the Ukrainian word. I need to write down the Romanian word on a, on a big whiteboard so they can all see it's in a long, narrow thing. And I'm, I'm holding little cards up. If, if we only had an iPad... So I went to the Apple Store that afternoon, and with our giving from KT, we bought them an iPad so that they can have their classes, so they can begin to build their lives. You're already giving. Now give the Lord a clap offering. So you see, what's happening is is you need to understand that as you give, we can bless others with your giving so you're already giving but make your life where you give regularly in fact every week we can bring food for our food hub, so that we don't have to go and buy it you could bring it you could just bring it and say what do you need and have a list and say I'm going to bring some I could do that every week that could be my one of my ways of giving how do you know what to give here's the principle Listen to God's voice. How God speaks to you. God is going to challenge you. He's going to grow you. Some of your giving will be a step of faith. But you will feel uh, that some of your attitudes are going to start falling off because you want to become a giver. Remember, unless you become a giver, God can't become a multiplier to you. We all need to have this revelation. All of your money is God's money. All of it is. And so, as we begin to walk on a journey of stewardship, we must only give what God tells us to give. Now, please, you must never be put under any pressure to give by, you know, comparison that somebody else can give a lot, so why don't you? Don't do that. Don't be put under pressure at all from any church or any ministry that pressurizes you into giving. You need to give now or you'll get a blessing. Don't do that. And so that's why I'm saying to you, don't give to bless the house yet. Don't do it. You need to pray about it. You need to think it through. We don't want you to give under any pressure whatsoever. You know, King Solomon in the Old Testament, he gave a 1000 uh, cattle to, to the sacrifices to the Lord. And, and the Lord said to him, Whoa, oh, Solomon, you can have anything you ask for. You know why he didn't ask for more riches? He said, can I be wise? Maybe the most thing that you could ask for and, you know, is that you have a wise life, that your family gets blessed. Perhaps the most extravagant thing that you could give is to give your marriage over to the Lord. Perhaps the most extravagant thing that you two give is your heart because it's your heart that really God is after. As we give, we may have to change our lifestyle in order to get into order some of the things that we need to do. But we want to practically help you do that. I'm going to stock some of the bookstore with some really excellent books on how to budget and do things. But don't lose heart and KT... Don't back off now. This is a safe house. Is God saying something new to you? Perhaps you need to just give your children back to Him. I'm going to ask the worship team to come back to this crumb laden platform. Perhaps you need to give your heart. Perhaps you need to give your marriage. But today, can I say to you that God has given you some resources. As you place them into his hands, he breaks them and says, now they're shaped how I want them to be shaped. Then he hands it to you. And can I say to you, the miracle then is in your hands.